Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. It is great to see you all here again tonight. Uh, it's very rare that I'm live two weekend nights in a row, but here we are, and I am so excited about this group. So what I am going to do is I'm going to start by having everybody go around, introduce themselves, tell us a little about who they are and what they do and where we can find them on social media. And uh, and then we'll dive right in. I'll give some inter information about the stream for people who are brand new, and uh, and we will get rolling from there. So, uh, we are going to start with Adam. Oh no! Okay, hi. I shouldn't have put a cough drop in right away. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, my um, name's the, Adam. The uh, secret is oh. that I always pick the person who looks the least yeah. prepared. You, you saw it, and you're like, bingo, buddy. He's the one. Uh, yeah. Hi, my name's Adam. Uh, I am a mainly a podcast producer, although I've been sort of on hiatus since since summer, really, because things just got really crazy. But I've had a couple TTRPG actual play podcasts in the past, uh, The Roaring Trainers and DM's Treehouse. Both not producing right now, but uh, I'm in the works of uh, with a couple new projects, some old, some new. So I'm pretty excited. I'm starting to get my life back together that I can actually find a sustainable way to do this, uh, which is the struggle, you know, for, for everyone. But I'm really happy to be here. And um, yeah, I, uh, I just like rolling dice. It's my favorite thing in the whole world for the most part, except when it's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty awesome. So uh, thanks for coming back and hanging out with me yeah. again. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. Uh, we will go to Matt next. Hello, uh, I'm Matt. Um, I'm Dungeon Glitch on the onlines. Uh, you know, I don't really even know what I do anymore. I'm just kind of... <laughs> I make shirts, I'm a writer. Um, I do music now. I just made a website that uh, helps people. Uh, it's, it's a generator site, but it's going to grow into other stuff because I can't stop making junk. So uh, <laughs> basically, I just kind of hang out on Twitter and troll D, D stuff <laughs> and it makes me happy so it makes the rest of us happy too <laughs> well thank you for coming on and uh i'm excited to have you it was it, one of the my favorite things now is the fact that i booked matt to come on tonight and he was already booking to come on a second episode <laughs> before he had even been on a first time so that yeah. made me very happy um, so thank you. Uh, Kyle, tell us a little about you. 
Hey, what's up? I'm Kyle, also known as Dungeon Maestro Kyle from the podcast Bombarded. Uh, what we do is, you know, we're all we're in a band together, so we just all play bards. I run the game, but we actually roll dice to determine what chords go into the song that we write every episode. So every episode, we're like playing songs for the spells we cast. Like we'll take pop songs and parody them to match the spell and everything. But then, yeah, I mean, all the background music is composed by one of my players, Randy, otherwise known as Spurrier. So it's just it's just D&D music. Just squish them together and see what happens. And we have a great time with it. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on tonight. I am definitely going to have to check that out because that sounds amazingly fun. <laughs> Thanks. We have a great time doing it. Yeah. Uh, Dan, tell us about you. The fourth least prepared person. Got it. So, uh, I'm Dan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at caffeinated underscore Dan. I post a lot of bad D&D jokes, comments about graphic novels, all that good stuff. I'm also part of a nonprofit called Creators Assemble. We use comics and TTRPGs and all that. We think it's important to use that in education as literacy tools and a whole bunch of other stuff. And majorly supporting creators that want to make this doing a living. So, we try to help out as much as we can and we stream over on a channel some of the games we do and just the importance of all that fun stuff and we interview a lot of cool folks in the community itself that's awesome i love it i've i've caught some of your streams and and i love the work that you guys do i just think that's so awesome and important so thank you for coming on and hanging out tonight thank you for your kind words wolf's blood I have absolutely no idea what to do at this point because I'm streaming two nights in a row and <laughs> this isn't right. But yeah, I am 2012 Wolf Split or Wolf Split 2012, depending on where you are going to find me. I'm a moderator here for Luna, as well as I will be hosting a new podcast coming out in January uh, that will be featuring the new Aether and Steamworks system. And I am really looking forward to that because I think Luna may actually be playing on that one too. Maybe. That's what Maybe, I heard anyway. <laughs> it's a rumor. It is a rumor. It's a, rumor. it's a confirmed rumor, but still a rumor nonetheless. Um, yes, and I am Gamer Mom Luna. This is Tales from the Tavern. So we are here every Sunday night. And the way that this stream works, if you're joining us for the first time, is we take all of our questions from chat. So uh, if you have a question that you would like to ask some or all of the group here, feel free to just drop that right into the chat. And I have a moderator that makes sure that we get it so we can answer your question. If you've been hanging out for a while and you've got some channel points racked up, then we also have the ask my question next that you can use channel points for. For a thousand channel points, you can have your question bumped up to the next one in the queue and we will answer that as soon as we get the chance. So please feel free to uh interact ask questions um you know pretty much any ttrpg nerdy stuff is uh is all uh, is all fair game so we uh we would love to hear the questions that you have for this amazing group i am going to start us off with a question that they were warned was coming because we're all very good at uh keeping running jokes going probably longer than they should so <laughs> My question for you all is, would you ever commit to a running gag or a long-term bit on social media? And if so, what is it about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the guilty party that brought this aboard or on to us. So yes, very easily yes. 
<laughs> I uh, at, back at the beginning of October and of September, I challenged Matt to a candy corn off, seeing if we could post about it very cleverly for the entirety of the month, and the winner would be crowned the candy corn connoisseur of the year or something like that. <laughs> and a special extra shout out to Matt, he got uh, bran- branches or back whatever they're called to retweet and like his. Post there towards the end of the month, oh, so it's nice. like double win. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome! Get those brands on board. Yeah, yeah. Go. so it was it, it was quite special. <laughs> it got ridiculous there at the end. It's like, do we post? Do we not post? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it was fun. We had a lot of people hating us or loving us, depending on your taste in candy corn. Some people got real into it. <laughs> They were like yeah. really passionate. It's like, you like candy corn? I'm just like, you. <laughs> like ready to unfollow me. And then like they came back afterwards and were like, no, I'm going to follow you again. It's like, <laughs> yeah. why is candy corn such a decisive candy? Like, it's like, you love it or you hate it. Well, I don't understand why that is with candy corn. What? I hate it. So I guess, you know, yeah, there's yeah. that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just sugar. Okay, but I don't honey. hate people that like it. That's, that's literally. There's it's no middle like ground, eating, right? You're eating the souls of the most boring mimes that you have ever come across in your life. That's all it's good for. That's all it is. Yeah, but it's a good palate cleanser for all the other good sugar you could have. Yeah. I feel like it just sticks to my palate and it doesn't go anywhere and then I'm hurt. <laughs> well, that's why you gotta do what I did and put sriracha on it first. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's brave. Yeah, candy corn, corn is a, as a mode of transportation for sriracha. Yes, or any other mold Every, kinds of everything fruits. Is. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> I feel like that one's gonna keep me up at night. Um... The candy corn and sriracha. It's probably great, though, right? It's just sugar, honey, and garlic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you know you now want to try it just so you can get that out of your brain. I got to try it just so I can know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to the store after this. (laughs) That was one of the most heated ones I did. It was like, eh, let's just have some fun. I just woke up. It's the first thing I did in the morning. It's like, I got to make a candy corn post. I'm in the kitchen. (laughs) I got the bag and I look over from like I had sriracha because uh, I had wings and oh, I. Oh, that's why it was like, heated. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, that and then people were yeah. <laughs> I just posted it. It's like, got him. Well, you've already trudged into the field of condiments. You might as well explore all condiments possible to see the best pairing. Because it's got to be a good pairing, right? Well, like sriracha wasn't bad. Candy corn. Uh, someone had recommended mayo, but I turned that one down. Ooh, that's uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good call. I'd like to try a good, like, you know, stone ground Dijon or something like that. <laughs> Get spicy. Yeah. Everything's better with ranch. Crazy. Yeah. That's true. Let's yeah. turn this into, like, a whole episode of Hot Ones with just candy corn. There you go. There we go, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm now regretting not sending you all candy corn and we could have that sauce lined up during the stream. There we go. <laughs> uh, don't wipe your eyes. Like you have to roll dice to get progressively hotter with your, uh... Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm gonna pitch this. This is an episode we all come back for next October. All right, I'm down. I'm I'll put it on the calendar. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I'm down for this. We're all gonna suffer, so... I have most of the sauces in the fridge already, I was so. gonna say, 
wolf's blood can hook us up. He's got them all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's funny. So this leads me to another question still on the topic of food, but we'll, we'll rein it in a little bit and bring it closer to the TTRPG table. Uh, Oh, never mind. It's going to have to wait. So, <laughs> um, uh, uh, we just had an ask my question next come in. So I'm going to have to ask that one, but then we can jump back on the, uh, on the food thing. If we have, have the chance, uh, let's see dungeon matter, uh, Matt, who ran our one shot last night would like to know what blackmail did Luna use to get you on the show. But his actual question is, uh, what is your favorite fantasy trope? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. The good guys are the bad guys. I don't know if that's strictly a fantasy trope. Um, but I always like how that you know that kind of turns the the aspect of what what your players or what you may be doing within the narrative of the story. And you know, I, of course, if you find out along the way, it's like okay, well, we realized we weren't doing the right thing. So like, how do we how do we fix what we broke? Hmm. Yeah, I have two answers. Oh no, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> oh no, I don't even know what my answer is yet. I'm just saying I like his. It's <laughs> okay because Dan so, has two, so just take one of his. <laughs> sure. Well, he may not want one of them, considering what I'm about to say. Uh, how Luna got me on the show is incriminating pictures of my dice. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite tropes is the concept of the MacGuffin. I just love throwing those into stories. And one of my favorite bits, back to Sam and Max, the old TV episode, is they were actually looking for a MacGuffin's MacGuffin or something like that. And just the meta-ness of that really always makes me happy. So I try to work that into fantasy occasionally. I love it. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm trying to. Pick, I th- I'm trying to pick. You know, I guess I just. I don't know if it's the right answer, but it's my. I guess I just like almost every campaign that I DM has the whole kind of Final Fantasy aspect of like a person with a blaster rifle can go up against a person with a two daggers and the daggers can still win kind of fantasy thing. You know, like I just I like that high fantasy uh, aspect of, and I don't think that's the right you know, uh, phrase I just used, but that's always been so fun to me and so unrealistic in, in the best way. And, uh, pretty much every campaign I've DM'd has some aspect of that. I just think it's awesome. And I just want to win a gunfight with some daggers really is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm sorry, Ken. Nope. uh, Nope. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm not sure if mine counts as fantasy, but I use it in D and D at least that uh, a lot of villains can be befriended or recruited. And uh, it's in once you find that uh, your, your antagonist can become sympathetic or uh, that they might not be as committed to their causes as they thought, sometimes the story can just go into strange places and you never know who your next teammate might be. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think the first time I experienced something like that was playing Chrono Trigger, and it's when I was like, "Oh, Magus, you get to you get to be on my team." <laughs> that was a good moment. I was just like, "Yeah, cool." <laughs> I'm on board with that one for sure. Ah, uh, 
I think probably one of mine would have to be, um, well, I mean, I'm always into like the high fantasy, so like a world that has magic and, and all of that stuff, but taverns, I love taverns. Like I love just the concept of all the things that could happen at a tavern. Um, all the tales that you could tell. No, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Right? But but no, I mean, I I feel like I, I love playing a game where, like, it's not, okay, so you all meet at a tavern. But I like sort of that feel of, you know, having a, a tavern, an inn, a place that you can go and use that as an opportunity to like essentially you know have a chance for the party to pause break down this is what's happening you know having a chance to sort of do that but it can also be a great opportunity just for some rp between characters um i i know i've talked about it on this show in the past but there was a a game a pathfinder game that i used to stream a couple years ago and we were in the tavern you know the local tavern in town and uh we had recently fought a water elemental and so one of the the party members was like obsessed with the fact that anything could be a water elemental like anywhere that there was liquid could have a water elemental and the so the magic user in the group decided to use prestidigitation and create essentially a mead elemental in his drink and it was brilliant from like an rp sense it was hilarious we had a blast with it i mean it was just so much fun and it's just an opportunity that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't had a chance to sit down at a tavern and you know and do that so yeah i like see and i i absolutely love the helpful npc (laughs) the one that just shows up when the party needs it because then too as a dm that gives you the opportunity to rp within your own game yeah yeah and i love being able to play that character and they never know which way it's going to go and i have a stable of characters that i fall back in on that no matter where i'm at those characters will end up showing up and they'll be helpful they will be not so helpful they'll murder people it's great (laughs) i have a Oh, a piggyback question on that, if you don't mind. Go for it. I think everyone here has DM, but even if you're only, you know, if you're mainly a player, do you have, uh, if you're a DM, an NPC or a couple that maybe they specifically don't show up, but their personality shows up in every game you DM? Like, re- <laughs> like do you always have the same? Like, I literally have a couple NPCs that are in every single game because it's just too fun for me. Uh, and if I have players in a couple other, they love it too because they're like, uh. There it is. Yeah. I'm just curious if you have that. And give us a little bit. Come on, like you got a voice for it? Can you can you go into it? Wolf's we'll like chomping at the bit. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You guys can go ahead. Dave doesn't need to be the center of attention. No, Dave's only here to do things. Yeah, Dave's not going to do anything fun. No. <laughs> I have I have a piece. He used to be a PC. His name is Dave. And Dave has been around now for almost 20 years. Wow. That's and awesome. Yeah, I'm old. Um, anyway, so uh, Dave started out as a one foot, six inch tall gnome alchemist. He had the absolute best of intentions, but he had the absolute worst luck imaginable. And so even though he intended to do the best thing, 
for the party, something always went wrong. And so whenever he would do his, anytime he did alchemy, cast a spell, anything, I had to roll on a wild table for Dave. And that <laughs> impacted what happened. And the DM that I was playing for at that time did the absolute best thing ever and gave me a rod of wonder. And I used a rod of wonder for all of my days. And now Dave has been through D&D, <clears throat> Shadowrun, Star Wars, uh, and a few other campaigns just because I cannot let him go. The last time that I saw him, he was a computer virus that had just taken over a Star Destroyer. <laughs> and as it was entering hyperspace, it was blaring, staying alive while all of the lights and turbo lasers flashed in time. And he's that becoming is... he's becoming part of uh, of lore for Aether and Steamworks, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, Dave is going to become part of the official lore of Aether and Steamworks. <laughs> yes. Ty, if you're listening, I promise to get that information out to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I have almost the exact same story. <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine, we were playing in uh, like right, but like in college, and uh, we were playing D twenty Modern, and uh, it was it was not necessarily like a one shot, but we knew that the campaign wasn't going to last, so we decided to kill all the characters. But we did it through uh, like a this black hole just consumed many of the characters. And uh, my roommate at the time, his character goes to the wormhole, and then we ended up playing another DD game. And he's like, "Hey, can I play cube?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can play cube, sure." And he, he's like, he shows up with like all of his guns and everything else, and everyone else is just a regular DD character. And I allowed it, and it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, since then, he's been uh, cursed to show up in temporal order throughout all of my campaigns. And uh, he's been in a post-apocalyptic one. He's been in he, where he was like the big bad. And no one knew, but I put him in there because my roommate, who I hadn't seen in like eight years, came to play the game. So it's like, yeah, your character's the bad guy. So, <laughs> and he didn't know until like we were a couple months in, but all the signs were there. So committing to a bit. <laughs> I don't I have anything. A... Oh, go ahead. I don't have anything, so you go ahead. <laughs> so mine is a very recent creation that will be showing up in every game I do going forward. He got created this summer. Uh, he is a bugbear named Starktooth, and he is a stand-up bard and tells the absolute worst D&D jokes. He even yeah. has a suit that if you throw tomatoes off it, they just kind of slop off and it's nice and clean. So he's basically a Fozzie bear, but is a bugbear. <laughs> so that is the best way I can uh, describe him. And I have players that absolutely hate his existence. And it brings me pure joy just to bring him in at random times they're not expecting. That's awesome. So I just got Fozzie bugbear in my head. I can't get it out, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. That is really Does good. he have the hat? Oh, he's got the hat, he's got the little bow tie, he's got everything. <laughs> Does he say Waka Waka or something different? I haven't figured out what his catchphrase is going to be yet, so I take suggestions throughout the evening. Oh, there we go. There you go. So, chat, you have another mission now. Questions and suggestions for a catchphrase. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. 
Um, before I forget, uh, we just got raided by Paradise Productions, so hello, welcome in Raiders, nice to see you. And also, we also just opened up a um, giveaway for a $25 gift card to uh, to Matt's shop, Gemmed Firefly. So exclamation point enter if you would like to enter in to win that. Um, and uh, we will get that out to the winner at the end of the evening. So, um, yeah, exclamation point enter. You have to be here to, to win, though, so you got to stick around. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we have another person that used the ask my question next. And so this is a three-part question on world building. And Lord Richter would like to know, how. first part, how do you keep track of all of your ideas? The second part is, what is one thing you wish you had done sooner? And the third part is, what advice would you give a novice world builder? Some of those might all be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I personally, I use OneNote. I think it's a pretty good little, uh, you know, program to be able to keep track of things. I like the way it organizes stuff and how I can make sub pages and everything on it. Um, as far as the, uh, as far as like a re uh, advice on world building, ask yourself for ridiculous questions. Just start as it's like, okay, you you've got this like, like this concept, this town. It's like, okay, well, you know, what is what's the main export what's you know is there anything imported to this town what does this town need is it you know is it landlocked or whatnot so asking yourself questions just constantly like you know and imagine yourself as a player like if i'm a player in this world what do i want to know what would i want to know walking in or going through it or lore wise you know what do i want to know you ask yourself those questions gives you the opportunity to answer them before your players have the chance to ask them and then you're like uh uh well see roll a history check <laughs> and then you hope they roll low <laughs> i've uh used i use google docs a lot um and i use the the outline function so you can get it up and you get different uh subcategories in there i found that that works really well for me and um what i wish i would have done sooner and my advice is the same uh, and that would be just let go, actually, of world building and give it to your players a lot. Um, <clears throat> and I learned that after learning uh, Dungeon World, which is a, a system I, I really enjoy. But just if you don't know what answer, ask your players, and they will give you some really great uh, answers about what, you know, counter kind of counterpoint to what Kyle said. If you're going into a town and you, you don't have an answer, like, I don't know, what is the vibe of this town? Like, what's their main export? throw it back to your players and they get you know they get a little bit more of the world building it's a collaborative thing and um one thing that i really enjoyed is there's a a supplement to a dungeon world called perilous wilds and inside they have a lot of uh tables that you can roll on to just randomly create encounters or what a city's like or anything like that and i find myself using that a lot uh and you just have the players roll a d12 a couple times and it gives you what what's there um, and it's it's pretty cool, and I think the players, uh, you know, they like rolling on tables too. At least mine do. Um, so that's my thing would just be actually don't create as much and let your players input uh, at the table, and that's um, fun. It's also fun for me to um, figure out how things they say fit into the world. Uh, that's been um, really enjoyable for me personally. Yeah, I'm going to echo everything Adam just said. Google Docs and build the world with your players. It's so much more satisfying. At least that's true of me as a DM. 
Um, I so my ideas, I write on junk mail, and uh, <laughs> if I don't lose it, then uh, it must be worth keeping. So uh, that's basically it. <laughs> um, something I wish I'd done sooner would be all of this because uh, and learn five E. I kind of put D and D off for like a decade, and finally came back to it. Um, and now I'm just kind of like engrossed in it. And I love my life again, so it's fantastic. Uh, and uh, something uh, advice is when you're talking to your your, your players. Pitch the type of game that you wish you could play. And if they're into it, then you know what you want to make because it's there. And then um, riff off, as, as mentioned before, and see what you come up with. But uh, as long as you keep communication solid and uh, everyone's okay with some creativity here and there, and uh, you try to explore and not do everything that everyone else is doing, you're really going to make some memories. So... That's that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely with Kyle. I love OneNote. It's probably one of the easiest things to use. I used to use Google Docs and uh, Sheets. It's okay, but I don't know. There's just something about the way you can manipulate OneNote that makes it super easy. Uh, the other thing is I'll reiterate here, and I'm going to go to work here for a second, so I'm sorry for anybody else that understands this terminology too much. Build your world at the 30,000 foot level. Just give that broad overarching understanding of what your world is supposed to be. Maybe some of the controlling uh, factions, things along those lines. But when it comes down to the details and everything else, let your players do it. When you start off, uh, get just getting into that session zero, get a little bit of an idea of where you want your players to start and then talk with them about how they want that world to flow. And you guys will end up building that world together. Yeah, I think it's a. It, it might also be important to stress like a difference between like world building and then maybe like setting building. Like whether you're working for like a setting of one part of your world and developing that compared to the entire world, that might also help you break it down. Like it's one of those things I always heard. Like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Mm -hmm. So like you know. Think, think about like the setting you want to do and then once you like feel like that's really nails like then you can broaden out and be like okay well how does maybe this thing over here affect that setting and it's just like a small little like uh you know, a little extra thing you can do that doesn't uh doesn't have to be fully fleshed out but that essence is still there um i, I don't know if anybody you know really differentiates between the two uh, I've never really thought, I mean, I've thought about it, but I don't know if I practice it. It was just, just talking off the top of my head, really. So. I don't, I don't do a lot of world building because I don't DM a whole lot. Uh, and by a whole, by not DMing a whole lot, I mean, it's been probably at least 10 years since I've attempted DMing anything. Um, and I was terrible at it and did not have a super supportive group around me when I have when I did it so I just was like that's it I'm never doing it again and so I didn't and you know now I'm like starting to kind of like just dip my foot into world building a little bit so you know it's but it is it's it's I like to think about 
I, I like to be able to create characters and worlds kind of the same way and that it will, like, I'll figure it out when I need to know it. Like, I don't want to go into it knowing everything about the world. So, uh, chat, this audience demands DeLuna DM. No, really, that's Bat Duck demanding that I DM. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if I'm building a whole world, you know, from scratch, then I like to kind of figure it out as I go because I feel like that's just a more realistic way of learning about any place you know it, it you can study it but until you actually experience it it's not the same thing and I just feel like for me that would work so much better but yeah you're going to be DMing our uh, Kitty Refuge module, though, right? So I, so I was told via Twitch chat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was another outcome of last night's one shot. Was uh, Matt Dungeon Matter said that uh, he would write a a Kitty Refuge uh, TTRPG. Out of something that uh, out of something that happened during the stream last night, so it's um, it, it should be entertaining. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Bat Duck had a question, and Bat Duck would like to know: Have you played a character that was not the good guy hero? In parentheses, it says can still be a good guy but bad, um, or something that is the opposite of your general tendencies. I have a very easy no. Mm -hmm. I've played evil campaigns before, and I've played the I, I've played like neutral kind of mercenary campaigns too. So it's like, yeah, we're just going to be a group of scumbags and see what happens. But uh, the one of my favorites, I guess, I was playing a shifter who uh, was a disgraced paladin. So the whole time I'm playing him as an ex paladin, he's basically like a fighter and. Uh, uh, he then gets bitten by a vampire, so then he turns into a werewolf, then, turn, then all his vampire uh, abilities go nuts, and it's like, oh no, okay, this character's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're going to turn him into an NPC, but so it's a good thing he's already a bad guy. So, it was fun. I think uh, the closest I've come is a character that um, I was for what campaign uh, in one of my shows it was um he was a half out half giant named bomba and he was a very he was like a gentle giant kind of figure but he was just <clears throat> only cared about his immediate family basically uh so seeing you know some strife in the world didn't really bother him that much and that was you know it was kind of tough and weird to play out i know it's, it's a game but sometimes you you know you really get into it sometimes but that was probably the least me i've played otherwise just some version of me amped way beyond what it really is uh, is usually how I come about my players. But never evil or bad. That's I don't know. That'd be tough. Kudos for you doing it. You know. <laughs> now I want to. It's fine. I got some yeah. dice. You guys want to play? Let's yeah, kill yeah. everyone. <laughs> we could just turn the game into that, or this interview into that for the rest of the stream. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, that that, yeah, that yeah, could totally be a thing. Last night I straight up murdered a guy so true story yeah i mean i i have a tendency of playing kind of evil characters but yeah. last night's character is 
I want to be accepted by the group. And Luna's character made a reference to the fact that she wanted to see this guy get his comeuppance. So as he's riding out of town, I shot him. And he didn't die, unfortunately, the first time. So I shot him again. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he had beetle arms coming out and grabbing me. And so I started screaming at the top of my lungs, why won't you die? I, and uh, he was like, you're evil. You're a bad person. I'm like, no, I am a good person. And I choked his life away. As I'm screaming, I am a good person. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. That was fun. Even Chad is going, but you're such a good guy. <laughs> I played a barbarian once that started off as like, you know, well-intentioned and everything. Real good guy. I was like, gave everyone a chance. And and then as it went on, uh, my DM was running us through some of the, uh, some of like the 1E stuff that was updated for 5E. And, um, and I got, I got one of the sentient weapons that's in that book. I think it's, uh, Black Razor, I think is the name of it. I can't remember, but it was like, yeah, let's like, you need to kill people, right? And I was like, I do need to kill people. <laughs> You're right, because it's it's what needs to happen for the good of the land. And he's like, yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself, man. I'm like, yeah, that is what I'm telling myself. And so it's just like this, like slow descent into like doing the right, th doing what I thought was the right thing, like regardless of the consequences. And the rest of the party's like, hey, you don't you don't need to do that and like by the end of it it's just like so we're done with our you know we completed our overall goal and they're like so you can put the sword down and i was like no i'm gonna leave and i'm never gonna talk to any of you again because you've tried to stop me doing what i wanted to do this entire time and uh you can try and stop me now or live and like that's kind of <laughs> where the campaign left off so and then Don't Stop Me Now by Queen starts playing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm having such a good time just I'm murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you can play Chaotic Evil and still be part of a party and just choose not to kill people. It's I, I think so many times people just kind of like, oh, evil roles means you're an absolute villain. You can just be a jerk. Yeah. Like, like, I played Lawful Evil quite a bit, and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I love the Lawful Evil uh, alignment. I think there's a lot of a lot of meat on the bone that you get to play with. It really probably... I always love it when there's a paladin in the party, because it's like, ah, well, no, see, I'm... Yes, you don't like what I'm doing because you realize the inherent flaws of our system. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to change something about that, go for it. But otherwise, I'm going to keep getting mine through it. So... Yeah. I've done, uh, I've done a character that was, oh, she was just such a bitch, um, <laughs> which uh -uh. is, is inherently different than how a lot of people know me, but we're talking about, this was a game that was streamed on Monday night after a one hour commute after working all day and... So it came pretty darn naturally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I it was just channeling all of that, like, exhaustion and frustration from being at work all day and, and getting to do that. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun to do it. Uh, we weren't using it. We weren't playing D&D, &D, so there wasn't 
technically an alignment system. We were using World of Darkness lore like there. I mean, all bets are off when it comes to alignment systems there. So um, it was but it was a lot of fun to just have somebody that like I could kind of channel daily frustrations into every week because it was such a great outlet for all that stuff. And then, you know, the game would be over and I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. I, I'm not mad at you. It's definitely the character like you and I are fine, you know, but it was always uh, it was always one of those things that I always felt like I had to apologize at the end of it. So yeah, that was the thing. I loved her, though. Man, she was fun. Sometimes those are the best ones because it's just like. You know, you get to find a way to like maybe vent it in a healthy way. That's right. not like a very healthy way, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's always good to be able to blow off a little bit of steam like that. Just fun stuff sometimes. <laughs> I never get the chance, but I like playing lawful evil because I'm basically chaotic good. You can tell I'm, it's chaotic. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, this conversation is really making me want to try it out. I haven't, and I really want to now. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I yeah. Okay, all right. Another idea on the list of things I won't be able to do. Yeah, you, 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 me too. I've got a big old thing here over to my right with this, like Dan wants to, but we'll never get to. Yep, exactly. It's on my board right over there. Wall of broken dreams. <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, one. there's a crying face emoji over there, too. I'm mean, just <laughs> really letting go. Oh, gosh. There's something very fun about playing a serial killer type of character that is lawful evil that is just awesome. We were playing a Star Wars campaign uh, a couple of months ago, and my character played the ship's doctor, but as part oh, of man. his backstory and such, um, <laughs> he was a he was very Dexter esque in how he approached everything. And okay. so, um, the very first time my party started realizing, oh wait, this guy may not be you know the really nice doctor on board. Um, I slit the throat of a bounty hunter that had tried to kill me, and was like, hey, he tried to kill me, so I'm just making sure he can't do it again. This is just a standard tracheotomy. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I was trying to go for that, and it became very obvious because I failed my role miserably. <laughs> and, a long time. It's fine. Tracheotomy became Colombian necktie. You know, it just didn't work out well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have concerns. I have big concerns. <laughs> what? <laughs> you weren't laughing along with everybody else. Oh, I totally was. Uh, okay, let's see. So we we t sort of talked about fantasy tropes, um, but are there any other tropes? Uh, Patch is in chat and asked about uh, um, any other favorite tropes that you like to incorporate in your games. Red herrings are always fun. Throwing in somebody, you, it's like, name them something that's blatant and expected, and it's just like they're gonna, they're gonna be like, ah, this. And it's like, no. 
Like I did a uh, for Bombarded. I did a spoilers for our Halloween one shot from a couple years ago. But uh, I straight up just named a dude like Ned Cremancer. He was like Nedrick C. Uh, Mancy uh, or Cremancy. God, I can't even remember my NPCs' names. But it was Necromancer. And like there was an issue with a haunted house in town, like actually having like ghosts and whatnot. So it's like, oh, it's probably this dude easily. And it's like, no, no, it's it's definitely not. It's this other guy that you you totally blew past. Didn't even didn't even like peek on your radar for any reason. So, good old red herrings. You could even name one Rhett Herring. And then... <laughs> so really mess with your players a little bit. <laughs> I love to overly describe rooms and make them really wonder why I'm going into such detail over this one room. Yep, I like that too. It's a great way to buy time. You're like, oh wait, I don't know where I want them to go after this. In this room, you now see. <laughs> That's been pulled on me, and I've been like, okay, but why are you focusing so much on this doll? Like, I roll insight, roll like roll investigation. It's a doll, but it's not because you spent twenty minutes describing it. Yep. <laughs> meta. That's meta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know, but I was mad. I was mad. <laughs> I am notorious for the Xanatos Gambit, which is uh, when you're up against one of my uh, big bads, you're going to come to a decision, and no matter what, the big bad wins. And uh, <laughs> Although they have, like, they usually have, like, ridiculous weaknesses. It's like, you could just, like, walk up to them and talk to them, and they'll be like, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Reason. My only <laughs> The common cold. <laughs> I think uh, just on that, just I was just remembered. I had one big bad who literally was he was super powerful, but he was just allergic to cilantro and like <laughs> like deadly allergic to cilantro. Oh my god! And That's they figured so it out and they snuck it in his meal and it was like, you got him. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> And I was really proud of them because I, you know, I thought I'd try, uh, maybe I just was too obvious about the hints, but they figured it out. Yeah, good job. Bro, <laughs> uh, to speak to one of the comments in chat, I did that to one of my players when they were sneaking around a haunted house. I made one of the doors they were listening to a mimic and they got stuck oh. to it. So oh. now, whenever he plays, he always kicks doors in and does not go near them because he is freaked <laughs> out. He put his ear to it and just got stuck there. So uh, <laughs> that was fun. <clears throat> that's amazing. Yeah, the, the comment in chat, in case anybody didn't see it, I made some friends paranoid of everything after having a big mimic-based adventure. By the end, they were greeting the furniture when they came into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I actually once came up against a door mimic and managed to put it to sleep. It was pretty impressive, actually. So we're in the middle of the, uh, we're in the middle of the, um, the whole thing. And, and, uh, I'm like, yeah, I cast sleep and the DM's like, and it works apparently because they had enough hit points for it to work. And the door just falls over. So you better get out of the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> I always like the uh, the ladder mimic. It's like, all right, there's two ladders in front of you. You choose. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, 20 feet, you get sucked up 20 feet up to the next floor. Chomp. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw something in a group that I was in on Facebook recently that... Um, you know, was like this room full of stuff with a sign that said something about like uh, everything is not a mimic or something like that. It was something to that effect. And then the one thing in the room that was a mimic was the sign that said that everything else was not a mimic. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's oh, brilliant though so good <laughs> uh, okay let's see Vertrox Nightblood used an ask my question next and so uh, Vertrox's question is have you ever played multiple PCs within the same world I currently have about 13 characters I have played in Dev Makes Things World of Vima, and the world building that can be done from playing in different areas of the world is incredible. So, have any of you guys done that? Multiple PCs in the same world? My my older brother runs a game where that happens. I have not been in that situation myself, but I've seen it implemented, and the other players' reactions when when we find out like the 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 heavy metal bard lich is actually one of the players old characters from a from a different campaign mm -hmm. it's like everyone's like no what and so the reactions are very genuine and very excited so i can only imagine how how that feels to be in that situation that's how i run my main campaign the uh is it so I, I run uh, numerous tables in the same world, and they happen simultaneously. Mm. So uh, sometimes, though, I'll do like a chapter switch and be like, "Okay, let's get some new characters." You guys are in my my world is an archipelago, so it's a ton of islands, a lot of different opportunities for things to happen, and then um, in some cases. I'll have characters, uh, a, a story arc, run into a dead end where they're waiting for something. And then it has to be triggered by another party to cause it to happen. And then we jump back into real time and then they see it happen from their point of view. So it's like uh, another party is fighting on an airship and they take it down. It's like, okay, you guys are here la two months ago. You see an airship crashed land in the background and... They're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's that moment I live for. So I set that up. <laughs> I don't get to do it from the DM. But it's close <laughs> to me. <yeah. laughs> nah, it sounds good to me. Makes me want to try it out. See how my see how I fare with it. Yeah, I, I wrote that that down. That's a very cool idea. Yeah. Kitty. <laughs> yes. yes, this is Molly. Come on over, Molly. Say hi. <laughs> uh, Molly has her own emote in the channel and everything. There it is. Yep. Awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, yep, that's Molly. Uh, oh, gosh, and we're getting a treats for kitties. That's probably what she came over here for anyway. So, uh, 
She knows the drill. She does. She's She's got this down. Um, all right. Uh, Lord Richter, I see your treats for kitties. I am pulling some treats out. She's going to get them out of the drawer right now. Um, <laughs> I can help. <laughs> I can do this. I know how to do that. Right. My other cat figured out actually how to pull things out of the drawer from underneath the desk. So, yeah. All right, she's happy. Uh, all right, let's see. Did anybody? Did everybody have a chance to answer that question? So, I don't have an answer. I haven't been lucky enough. Yeah, I don't have an answer either. I haven't <laughs> been lucky. I usually DM, but I'm going to be stealing Matt's idea. Do it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've had characters in the same world but they never had the chance to interact with each other there were two campaigns running simultaneously in the same world in sister cities but the two paths never met so uh, neither campaign went long enough for that to happen which is probably good because it would have been weird to have a conversation between my two characters at the same time if they ever ran into each other Hey, I'll tell you right now, it's just like DMing. You get two NPCs in the same, it's like, these two people need to work it out. And it's like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I know I hear that on occasion because I listen to a lot of actual play podcasts. And so occasionally I'll hear that. I'll be like, oh, yeah, they're probably kicking themselves for this one right now. <laughs> yeah. Um... You know what? This is probably a good place for us to pause and take a quick break, and then we can dive back in. We've got a couple of questions um, hanging out uh, that we can get to after the break. So um, why don't we take a quick break, and we will be back in just a few minutes. Exclamation point enter if you haven't had a chance to enter the giveaway yet for the $25 gift card to Gemmed Firefly. Make sure you get that in. Uh, we will draw the winner at the end of the episode. You do have to be here to win. Otherwise, we'll pick somebody different. So stick around for that. And uh, we will see you in just a few minutes um, after the break. In a world where heroes stand tall. What the heck is that supposed to mean? Oh. <clears throat> uh, sorry. Play as adorable hamsters in Disaster Hamsters 2, an epic TTRPG book designed for 5th edition. It's more fun than you can stuff your cheeks with. The book has three parts. Ta-da! Everything you'll need to play as a hamster in 5th edition. A whole sanctuary full of adorable sentient animals for your hamsters to explore. Ta-da! Hold up! Adventure? I'm so confused! How am I even talking right now? I have so many questions! The nefarious scientist Jerry Hilliot has perfected the process of creating sentient hamsters. Now, for a final test, he's dropped his experiments into the sanctuary to see how they fare. 
Not only must they survive, but they must also defeat the tyrannical kitty Snuggles to escape to freedom. This is awesome! We need your support for Disaster Hamsters 2 to happen. We'd love to have you on the team. All right, we are back. We were uh, we were definitely not shopping online during the break. Nope, that was not <laughs> happening <laughs> at all. Not we, us. We <laughs> did not just pay for Matt's entire Christmas during the break. Oh, God. We'll post <laughs> yikes on your ex's photo for $5. <laughs> so good. Uh, if you have a Hi, my name's Adam, out- and I'm going to just yell what I see on the site that makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Bat Duck, I'm not looking at dice pages, although I did, from Matt's shop, buy a shirt that says what's one more set of dice? So. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that one. Yeah. Mara definitely did not just get another Christmas present. (laughs) 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 To be or to like (laughs) (laughs) no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's so good. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off. No, just just hide it behind another tab so you can go back to it after the stream. And just open it occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we hit a moment of low, just open up, scroll, and laugh. And describe yeah, it. just tell yeah. us what you're looking at. Yeah. All right. It's well, we'll dive back in with uh, with some questions. Um, Matt from Roleplay Chat, because we don't have enough mats in the group right now uh matt from roleplay chat is here and says hello a question i've been asking myself lately that i would love to hear explored we always hear about session zero and in, there is no doubt it's important but i wonder why session omega as in a wrap-up session at the end of the campaign isn't as much of a thing do you ever do a session omega no but i want to now not so much that it was a session. It was more like a group chat. And it was like, hey, so what was good? What was bad? Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I uh, mean, I think, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I wonder if that's like, all right, let's, yeah, let's talk about where your characters go from there. And that way you can roll that Omega session into a zero session for the next campaign. It's like, all right, well, I know where these like iconic figures ended up, what they wound up going and doing. So I think going with it that way. Yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Um, I was going to say that I've had two completed campaigns fully completed. And I think both of them, the end, like the natural end of the session or the campaign sort of landed about halfway through our normal playtime, so we just sort of used the latter half to decompress after that. As far as a separated, we're done and we meet again, Omega session. Um, no, but I mean, if it were to work out that way, where it's you know, we, we're done and then we leave, I would definitely want to come back and talk about it. Very cool idea for sure. I think you have yeah, to decompress, I, right? Absolutely agree on that. It makes a lot of sense, and it's a good opportunity to check in with your players in the DM in general. Uh, how do you feel about what happened? There's a lot of, I think, points from session zero you could roll into the end session. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something I'll be looking to do going forward. As a DM, those are really important to get that feedback to understand 
what they like. Also, too, it's one of those times where maybe your players are going to feel more comfortable to talk about those times where they were off put or they were getting into territory they didn't want to be, but didn't want to interrupt the session as you were going or didn't want to interrupt the campaign. And it gives them that little bit of extra freedom to say, hey, maybe this went a little bit too far. And so if we do it next time, let's not. And I will throw in the caveat, feel free to do it individually with your players as well, because some of them may not want to talk to some of the other players. If stuff went down during the campaign, that really affected them in one way or another. Mm. Yeah. I've never done, I've never been a part of a group that's done like a, um, like a, like a, a wrap up debrief. Uh, you know, I've done it where, you know, especially with stream games or virtual games when we're doing it through Discord or whatever, you know, you finish it up and then you can all like hang around for a few minutes and kind of talk about it. But I think I think what you say too, Dan, is really important. The ability to, um, you know, pause, whether that's individually with each person or taking a couple of minutes to just check in uh, and get a get a sense of where people are in the story, where people are feeling about the, you know, their characters or what their characters are doing, I think is really important. Um, and then I also saw a really great idea. I can't remember who it was that I was chatting with when they mentioned it, but um, the idea of, it might've been on Twitter, but the idea of doing a, a check-in at the start of each time that you play, just a quick, like, you know, on a scale of, you know, one to don't F with me, like, where are you? Um, because that can also set the tone for how people feel about a session, you know, like something that may normally be okay for someone might be off limits that day because of something in their personal life or something like that. And so it's a great idea to get a feeler along that line when you, um, when you get started each session, which I personally think is a fantastic idea yeah yeah and i mean if you're playing i think it's really good to do uh if you're going out to like your local comic book shop and you're playing and you're meeting up with new people i think that's a fantastic uh you know i, th I think that's a f fantastic thing to implement because mm -hmm. not only do you get a feel for how your players are you also get to know them a little bit better they may You'd be like, oh, thanks for asking. And then they kind of tell you a little bit. You get to know each other and you develop a good rapport with these with these people. And uh, I think it could be only beneficial, honestly. I'd like to add that that also goes the other way. Check in with your DMs. Mm -hmm. Make sure they're doing good. You know, they a lot of work that they put into it. And sometimes you can just be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, you know, turn it back around. It happened to me once and I almost cried. So yeah. Like, Aww. Who's ever asked me that before? Thank you. <laughs> I think that and also like letting your DM know that you're enjoying the story is super important. I mean, I've played with with groups where, you know, the DM has never gotten feedback at all. And then I've played with other groups that give constant feedback to the DM. And I think sometimes just saying something as simple as like, I'm really enjoying this story that you've put together is huge because they, at least then they know they're on the right track, at least for you, but that they're also doing a good job. Like who doesn't want to know they're doing a good job? So <laughs> yeah, 
Lee, constant, constant affirmation. Please give it to me. <laughs> so we know your love language. <laughs> yeah. Compliments. I said, give me compliments. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, uh, Sean in chat just says, DM affirmation is great. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on. Matt. I wear this shirt periodically, and it's the periodic table. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, okay. I have elements to that joke. <laughs> uh, Dark Happiness 112 is uh, asking their first question ever. They've never asked a question here before with the stream, so welcome. And their question is, have you ever had a favorite D&D character you've had in a campaign or play or ever played? I have. I absolutely have. I talk about her a lot. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. So, she was a halfling rogue fighter ranger she multi-classed a couple of times and it was great because the multi-class all happened as a result of this story that she was going in when i went in with the character um it was actually a uh, pathfinder first edition and when i went in with the character i was like nope i'm just gonna run a straight rogue this time like i want to take her as far as i can you know and all that stuff and then through a lot of really good character development and story and that sort of thing, uh, I was I was like, you know, in this particular circumstance, this is how she would react. And so she might uh, train to take a level of fighter. Uh, so in her case, um, she her name was Ida Bricks, and she the first <laughs> time she took a level. Um, it was the first time she took a multi-class level when she took her level of uh, fighter was right after like the love of her life had a, she believed was blown up in a attack on his ship and she like went out you know to do search and rescue couldn't find him anywhere and so she just was like hellbent on you know I'm I need to like I need to avenge him essentially and so she took a level of fighter for that and then uh through the course of being in this town that she was in one of the uh it was a non-canon character there, there's a whole another piece to this that uh is not relevant to the question but through hanging out with another character in the town she picked up like some ranger skills from them so it for her canonically to made uh, made sense to take a level in ranger as well and so it was it was actually a lot of fun because she um ended up like partnering up really well with like the seven foot tall norse barbarian and so he would like she would you know they'd be in a fight and she would be like gunner shield and he'd plant a shield and she would come and like run and jump off of it and like dive attack onto stuff and it was really it was a lot of fun <laughs> She acquired the nickname Yeda Bricks because of it, so. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, I mean, 
it's from a long time ago when I was playing in high school when I first started getting into uh, TTRPGs. We were playing, we were playing Star Wars back then, and it's one of my favorite characters because honestly, it's probably the only character that I've gotten to play through an entire campaign as. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was started off as a Bothan scout, and I went that route, and then we you know had people come and people go, and uh, we had one player join up, and they they played a a, a Wookiee soldier. I was just like. I'm little and hairy. He's big and hairy. So, like, I, you know, I need to step up my game. So I started overcompensating for my stature in comparison to him. And, like, like we would spar. I would, like, I got, like, heavy weapons and everything. And everyone's, like, like all the NPCs are like, you look ridiculous carrying that thing. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just uh, went on for that. And I think I think what I liked about him is that, like, in the end, um, he, wound up, he wound up dying on the final battlefield and everything. But, like went out more so like as a soldier than just being like the scout that he was sneaking around and kind of like stepped up in that route so that's uh i I will it first 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 major character that i ever got to like complete something with so that one's uh it's in there i think my my answer is very similar uh my very first character that was basically start to technically end um, that's probably my favorite, and it was actually the character I played in um, my first AP podcast. Uh, it was a Pokemon 5e podcast, uh, the Roaring Trainers, and it was his name was Atticus. He's kind of, you know, so, it was it's basically me, flannel, you know, kind of big, kind of dumb, you know. That's that's me in a nutshell, and his um, his Abra Abby, and it was just uh, a lot of character growth, and there was a lot of things that I was going through that I worked out. I know TTRPGs are not therapy sessions, but you can work things out, you know, without harming mm-hmm. others that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, you know, I feel like I grew a lot as a person as, and I'm getting real deep here and I'm sorry. But, you know, as that character was growing too, it was exploring just, you know, who I am as a person and kind of a lot of that. It's just a lot of meaningful moments that came from that. And, and you know, it's kind of cool that it's it was recorded and you can listen back and see the character and yourself grow in that time. So that's probably mine. Yeah. Also, it's answer. where the beans thing came from. We were talking before about a running gag. It was, you know, I built a brand off of a joke I made in that show like three years ago about a white label can of beans that my character got drunk and then bought, spent all his money on beans. And it just like, then it turned into like a, a bean talk talk show where I interviewed people while eating beans and then like beans became my brand for a really long time. <laughs> Anyways, terrible running gig. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've descended to bean chat. Yeah, yeah. Bean talk. Yep. No, that was fun though. I've ate, I've eaten beans with Adam on. What yeah, that's right. About, you were about, so. yeah, I remember yeah. that. Cold beans from a can. There's nothing. Cold better. beans from a can. No, it was good. I did not eat dinner after that after that show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh gosh. My favorite character has to be actually my namesake at this point. Uh, the character's name was Patrick Wolfsblood, and he was my first war cleric that I ever played in Advanced D and D, and uh, he was the first character I ever took from level one and he finally left off at level 18 because there were no other levels at that time and I played him for probably four or five years and still have the character sheet somewhere 
Wow. We get Diggo. Yep. That was my favorite character. <laughs> I uh, I played a Gith Yankee Warblade from the uh, Tome of Nine Blades right around the 3.5 edition. And uh, so his whole thing was kill- doing as much damage in one hit as possible. And uh, it was an Eberron campaign, and I, I got to take it from uh, level 1 to level 17. And uh, his whole thing, well, one of the running gags with his character is that uh, he loved to go fishing, but he never caught anything ever. His entire campaign, the, the entire thing, he, like you'd always see him just like sitting on the back of the boat or down at the docks or at a river. And just never, not once ever caught anything and then during the final battle when they lost he was polymorphed into a fish oh my gosh yes <laughs> yes and he was the only survivor actually because of that <laughs> that's too good this is going to sound sad but I have actually not had a chance to play a character long enough to really grow attached to any of them Oh. Uh, beans. I mean, I generally go with like a dragonborn fighter. That's my secret sauce, I guess. I always like that protection. So, one day. You, you kind of get into those modes, like, you know, even when it's like one shots or, you know, short form campaigns, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm getting my opportunity, especially if you're in the forever DM situation. It's like, I'm getting my opportunity to do this. I just want to go buck wild. Yes. I just want to see what I can get away with. And so. More often than not, it's like, okay, well, the short form, or you just do something. It's like, well, that character's dead. It's like, oh, well. Yep. See, I think I get the better end of the deal because I get to play so many characters as the DM and the world and all that reacting. In my sense, I think that is my favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> the universe is my the universe. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you mind if I answer twice? Because I'm on this website, uh, gemmedfirefly.com. A lot of really cool stuff. Uh, And there's a t-shirt, Dungeons and Sloths, right? Beautiful t-shirt. And I believe you can get 15% off by using the code LUNA15 uh, at at checkout. But I'm reminded of this this Dungeons and Sloths thing. Um, My very first time playing online, uh, I played a sloth monk who was kicked out of his village for being too fast. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he and he would always, you know, and actually it's uh, Kyle. I know you. We we I've known you for a long time. For my character Atticus, his voice I mm-hmm. used as the sloth. That's how I figured it out. But he would kind of talk really fast or slow. <laughs> and then when he'd kind of get angry, he'd be like, "Sorry, I flew off the handle. I'll try to keep it back." You know, just really laying into the fast sloth that's too slow thing but the shirt's beautiful and there's a lot of really great shirts on this website <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna use i'm gonna use Uni- luna 15 to buy a lot to get 15 percent off <laughs> and i mean I, if i'm not mistaken it looks like there's are some really good deals on this <laughs> oh, website. sale running oh goodness <laughs> it's <sales> right now <laughs> now, I, now matt what time do we have to make an order to make it here before christmas what's the cutoff uh, I would say probably the first, uh, probably about December 10th. Oh, I thought it was by the end of the stream. Yeah, oh, yeah I don't yeah. know if I'd want to wait. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to do it now, though. Yeah. 
Because we don't know yeah. your shipping shipping issues, the shipping crisis, all that stuff, supply chain issues. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just so saying that maybe, maybe if someone ordered something that possibly might be sent to the Northeast, today it's expected to be there around the 3rd or so. But that's just a guess over, you know, <laughs> putting things together here. <laughs> oh, chat is saying, this is a stick up. Keep your beans where I can see them and return to the scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have actual bean dice. I, I, the beans really is my brand here. Like, I'm not joking. Them? That's bean dice. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. That's great. Amazing. I love it. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Patch has come back with another good question, and uh, one that surprisingly does not get asked as often as you would think. Who would sit at your dream table? Everybody stops. Every, everyone on the stream right now. Right? Oh, I'm down. Oh. You took the best answer. Well, <laughs> can I be a shill? Is that okay? Sure. I'm going to say patch. How about that? <laughs> the, the table we're putting together right now for the uh, podcast we're starting in January is pretty freaking impressive. And that is probably going to be close to a dream table at that point, for me, at least. Oh, dang. The only thing that's going to make it not a dream table is because I'm going to be there, so. Oh, no, no, no. Speak no, for no. yourself, Luna. <laughs> <laughs> no, that table's going to be amazing. I'm not going to announce exactly who it is right now, but who we're expecting to be there, yeah, that, that, that January podcast will be amazing. I'm so excited for that. Oh, my gosh. If I had to pick anybody just, like, from the immediate community, oh, my gosh. There's so many people that I would want to play with. Like, I mean, dancing everybody on this stream, and I think that would be a blast. Um, you know, uh, Patch, David Tilstra, Shannon Roby, um, Star Shinobi, like, that would be an... an I've, I've seen games with them in it. Like, I produced streams with them all in it but uh i mean it's it's oh that would be a, a amazingly fun time um and then if we had to like dig into celebrities um oh gosh uh what the heck is his name um vin diesel like how can you not want to play with vin diesel and um what the heck is the other guys? Oh, Mark Mir. I would love to play with Mark Mir. Um, Mark Mir did the uh, the voice work for male Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect series. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah he's a big D&D &D player. Um, what's that? <laughs> Jennifer Halebent. Yes. Like the same chef. Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. That's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Matt just found out the other day that I actually have a Mass Effect license plate on my car. <laughs> oh, sick. That oh. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it says N7-Mako. <laughs> so good. 
Yeah, makes me happy. Uh, I think uh, I think my answer is very similar to that. It's like whenever I see a show or listen to a podcast, it's like I want to be at that table because that's a blast. That looks so awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, it's it's there's so many cool people in this community in this sphere that we're in. Uh, to get super sappy, my I'm. I'm trying and I'm working on it, but I'd love to have my son play D&D with me. Uh, he just turned five like Friday and I tried and I didn't, I didn't do a very good job because my, I didn't, I wasn't prepared enough and it kind of, I goofed it a little bit, but we're going to, we're going to keep at it. But once I can play with him, I think it's going to be like, all right, this is, this is great. And then Danny DeVito, probably. Cause oh, that, you know, that's <laughs> <good>. yes. <laughs> Oh, man. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a garbage goblin. <laughs> come out, pretty garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was thinking like, uh, I mean, Robert Paulson would just be an amazing just for the voices alone. Mm. I think it'd make an amazing DM. Um, for if you don't know, it does like the voice of. Yakko from Animaniacs and Pinky from Pinky in the Brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's phenomenal. So uh, I think that'd be good. And of course, I mean, like going celebrity style, like Matthew Lillard, like yeah, big time. Uh, can we throw Tara Strong onto that table then, please? Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. And uh, Felicia Day. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's those are good ones too. I always wondered what it'd be like to play with Tim Curry. Ah. Oh, yes. Get that voice in there. It's like, this is going to be nuts. I love it. (laughs) You know who I think would have been amazing to play with? Robin Williams. I had that written Uh, down, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big agree. A lot of voice actors, though. So good. Mm-hmm. Need some random comedians too. <laughs> yeah, the a lot of improv folks would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Bill Hader. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that would well, be amazing. D and D kind of like the new, uh, like Hollywood back room thing. Mm-hmm. It's what everyone kind of plays. It used to be golf or it used to be poker. Now it's like everyone just kind of plays D&D and everyone now knows each other from random tables and you can see on Twitter some of them are all connected and some of them just don't ever talk about it but I hear about their characters so (laughs) it's fun I like that oh Apache in chat just said Jeff Dunham (laughs) (laughs) could do the uh, I saw somebody put up a a puppet warlock um, patron Recently, they're like, "Oh yeah, I think actually, who might have been Snicklesocks on uh, on Twitter." It's like, I guess if you had Jeff Dunham, you just keep doing the puppet thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I am thinking of the right comedian. You are, yeah. He's the <laughs> yeah. guy who has uh, like Ahmed, the undead terrorist, and yeah, um, Jose Jalapeno on a stick. He's a little yeah. too great for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yep. I see in the chat he said that, yeah. (laughs) 
if I was putting together like a really RP heavy table, uh, Ian McKellen and, um, oh gosh. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Ooh, yeah. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he threw into yeah. the mix? Oscar Isaacs. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Patch says Stephen Colbert. I mean, oh, got... yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all catch his one-on-one with Matt Mercer? Like, I think it was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was so cool. good. So good. I have to say, it's funny. None of us actually said Matt Mercer. <laughs> I just assumed, right? Yeah. In a lot of cases. Uh, yeah. It's like you know. Well, yeah. You almost said Kate McKinnon yet? Oh. Ooh. Oh, that would be fun. That'd be awesome. That would be. Andy Samberg probably. Be very entertaining to play with. Yeah. Basically, if they were ever... Well, I don't want to say anybody, but most people, if they were on Saturday Night Live at some point, would probably be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Red is crazy. I, lo- I love him. So yeah, I would totally do that. <laughs> Underrated. Yeah. Oh. Uh, chat says Keenan would be wild, and uh, somebody else said Bill Murray. <laughs> okay, if Keenan's gonna be at my table, then Kel. Then Kel has to be there. Be there. <laughs> but the big question would you have orange soda at your table? Absolutely. <laughs> you know it without a doubt. And uh, I'm gonna probably say her name wrong, but if we're going, if we're going back like that, I think Lori Beth Denberg would be one to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Patrick uh, Rothfuss just came up in chat. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know that. I don't, I'm not recognizing that name. Ah, uh, he's an author. From what do you write? Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Yep. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> That's fair. I think I have a copy of it sitting across my room, actually. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Yep. Yep. I'd say Robert Jordan, but we had never finished the campaign. We'd never leave the town. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see. I, we could probably come up with people all night. So I think we'll uh, we'll jump on to the next question. Um, let's see, a uh, question from, uh, Apache one, two, two, two. What are your thoughts on survival based campaigns, such as where you need to make sure your party is hunting and foraging for food, cooking the food and setting up camp each night? Personally, as a DM, I hate tracking that. So no, there you go. <laughs> I finished hey, enough. I'm tracking. No, thank you. I finished Tomb of Annihilation earlier this year, and uh, that was a big part of it. And I wanted to claw my eyes out um, on a regular basis, just thinking about, like, okay, another just trudging through the jungle. I, I, 
if I were to ever redo that module, I'd be like, no, that aspect I, I hate. Go away. <laughs> oh. Thought it would be my bag. Definitely not my bag. I said, <laughs> nope. Here, you can take it back. I will gladly not have a bag. And uh, more power to the folks that love to run that type of stuff. It's just not my personal taste. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, if you got it in you, like, I don't know. Maybe if I was uh, on the player side, depending, even then. <laughs> but yeah, do it if you're feeling it. Yeah, that's. I was going to say the same thing. If the whole table's into it, go for it. Obviously, that's like you have to be on the same page for that one. Uh, like mm-hmm. most things, right? But but then, I mean, like, survival video games are huge. So, mm. I mean, I think you could really do it right as long as everyone's into it. I, You know, yeah, I think it could yeah. be very fun. Yeah. Not my <laughs> thing, you know? I, but, like, I totally. video games. Like, yeah. Put me in them, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this for hours. And it's like, how to capture... How to capture something like that and make it really, you know, meaningful and not just, uh, I don't know, as mundane as it would seem. Hmm. Yeah, the, the mundane game... part. Of... Oh, sorry, Gad. No, I have it. No, no, all right. So the, the mundane part can definitely occur. There's some, I don't know, I've had, I've had some success with the, the man versus nature aspect of it. But once you can find a way to streamline it, it becomes obsolete in a way, which right. is fine. It, like we, we ran a campaign that had to do with like the jungles of Zendric and Eberron. So uh, you're constantly running into uh, the fatigue and the exhaustion levels. And um, But once you figure out a way to deal with it, you're just kind of like, okay, now we're going to keep doing that. And then time travel. Yeah. But once you figured it out, it's like you can't say that we didn't do it. But we didn't have to do all of it. Right. And yeah, it's just kind of seamless that way. If you wanted to do it, that's the easiest way, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, being able to use the mechanic of uh, of fatigue and everything, like, awesome. But once there's a workaround to it, it's just like, well, I, I you know, I guess I won't be opening that lid anymore. And I wrote down name of the wind. So, like, <laughs> so I would remember to do it. It's on my junk mail. I was going to so say, it's on an important piece of junk mail. So. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Um, Jason C. Shadowbane would like to know, what is your favorite fiend in D&D lore? A fiend? That's the question. So, like demons? Humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Electrum. Yeah. <laughs> Have demon stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah. demon or devil. Okay. You know, I'll just go ahead and admit it. I don't think I know enough about that topic to really have a favorite. And that's my bad. Yeah. I think probably uh, one of that I've utilized more is, uh, I think it's the Cambion. Because they seem more like the, you know, the devil at the crossroads kind of archetype. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so I like utilizing them. The again, again, us doing bard things. It's like <laughs> make a deal. Uh, so I I tend towards those, especially like in in moments for players. Like you know, if somebody dies, it's like all right, cool. Here's a chance to do this <laughs> if I want to, or any other situation. Who knows what trouble players are going to create? But having that one in the back pocket is has always done me good. I've run the. Take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones is, uh, honestly, our imps. Mm -hmm. I love bringing in imps because you can bring them in at very low level, give them a taste of what it's going to be like, and then later on you can start twisting them. So it's, yeah, you're slaughtering thousands of them, but they actually feel really bad because these are, you know, they're being forced into you and it's just a meat grinder and you can put your party through some moral dilemma there. I love imps. They're very, very versatile. And you can give them extra powers when you want them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I ran a, a campaign with two paladins of St. Cuthbert and they ran the gamut of the Fiend Folio in 3.5. So, uh, so I, I have to throw... Uh, a shout out to the Baylor because uh, they're the the monolithic mega fauna of the of the the fiend folio. They're that demon that shows up in Lord of the Rings, basically. Uh, and uh, we had a transmutation wizard turn one to stone and then use stone shape and shrink. And, and they, he hollowed it out, and then later he threw it at someone, and then did stone to flesh, and it exploded for fifty damage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Baylor's are nuts. Uh, favorite Incubus. You can do a lot with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have an answer for this. I haven't run enough fiends yet. I yeah I don't I was trying to think if I had one but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to like the, the the epic level stuff, at least when I was playing three point five, demons was kind of all I had left. Otherwise, I had to spend all that time making NPCs that they were just gonna slaughter. It's like oh yeah, I spent uh, the entire school day making this character, and they're like oh yeah, what's his name? Dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's just cruel. Yeah. That like happened to me. Five early <laughs> on, uh, just losing a character right out. I made a wizard. I was joining in my older brother's campaign back in the day, and we're going through like a wizard's, you know, uh, tower. And it's like we get to the library. I'm like, oh, sweet books. And I pull a book, and he rolls. He's like cool make a dexterity save and i'm like okay i failed he's like your character is dust and it's like <laughs> awesome it's like there's a huge explosion on the side of the tower and now there's a hole where you can see the landscape outside and i'm just like i'll make a new character he's like that's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to backtrack on that theme question i actually do have a favorite one Archduke Zarel of Avernus. I got to run her in a level 20 arena battle, and it gave the players a lot of trouble. Mm. <laughs> Moving out of D&D, &D, uh, I'm a huge fan of Shadowrun. 
and the insect spirits that you could bring in and have come against the party or even have the party use those are a ton of fun because you can bring in insect spirits that are genuinely just cockroaches and they can be surveillance eyes ears whatever all the way up to you know monolithic creatures that are taking over the entire city of chicago which isn't too far from the truth so <laughs> love the insect spirits in in shadowrun Um, Lord Richter had a follow-up question uh, as to whether or not anyone knew where the name Baylor came from in terms of the type of demon. I don't have a clue. I never got around to looking it up. <laughs> like, why it's called a Baylor? I think so, yeah. I feel like there's a hay joke there, but I, I, not... <laughs> as a kid you know, who grew up to... on a farm, actually baling hay, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah, I used to have to take care of all the hay down in hell, but then they promoted me. It was great. Gave me a whip. It's great. It comes from the little known book, Children of the Wheat. <laughs> hey. Um, all right, let's see. So Matt from Roleplay Chat had another question, and it was, what is something you did in game that worked much better than you expected it to? Well, one time I was playing a gnome wizard, uh, illusion-based, and uh, we a friend was running us through uh, some of the uh, some of the Taldorai content. And we'd gone to White Mountain. We were doing that whole part of the of the arc, and we were towards the end. And I was like out of spell slots. I had this thing where my character was just like, I don't care what the weapon is, I'm gonna throw it because I just want it not to be close to me. So I'll go with that. Um, all I had left was a crowbar, and I threw it at the at the vamp the the master vampire's wife, who we had staked her because we thought she was a vampire, but she wasn't. And I was like, well, I don't know that she's not still a vampire, so I'm going to throw a crowbar and try to hit the hit the spike and see if it goes in deeper or anything. And I rolled a natural 20 um, and killed her. So in the on the vampire's next turn, I was completely just mutilated, came over, just eviscerated completely. Um, best moment of my life. <laughs> Uh, with um, <clears throat> my character Atticus in that Pokemon campaign, we were on a train and we were trying to deceive people and we called ourselves the Train Tumblers. So I rolled to do a backflip and I think I got a nat 20 on that. And that was the best moment of my gaming life so far. <laughs> a nat 20 on a backflip. And it became a thing and I just kept doing backflips all the time. And it worked so well. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Uh, my character that I was talking about a little earlier, Edabrix, um, the there was a fight that they had gotten into fairly early on in the campaign. The town that they were in was under siege, and they ended up on... The party ended up on a set of ramparts, and 
there was like a an ogre uh, that was coming at the gate, and so they were trying to fight it from up there. And so my character, who was not having a whole lot of luck using her crossbow, decides to take her short sword and jump from the ramparts on top of the head of the ogre and just, like, stab as she goes down. She didn't kill it on on the spot, but it definitely worked a whole lot better than it could have. Because <laughs> she still landed on it and still, like, managed to stab with her short sword and not fall off and get stepped on. So, you know. That was good. You telling that story makes me want to ask a question. If if a player does that, if they take their character and they're like, I'm going to jump off this 20-foot ledge and attack this tall creature, do, do, do you still have them do the fall damage? Or do you be like, hey, you're taking a chance and I'm going to I'm gonna reward you the opportunity to like land without issue? How do y'all feel about that? I always go with the rule of cool. The cooler it is, the more I'm willing to bend the rules. Yeah. Unless they roll a natural one. Yeah, and then there's consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I risk, I reward, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Dope. Yeah, when that I... Actually... Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say that. Hey, I'm going to jump in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. I don't have a story myself, but one of my favorite... Uh, Moments when I was first DMing, a character was playing a, a player was playing a gnome named Lonnie Gnome. So he was a lawn gnome barbarian. And ah. he used a bear trap and chucked it tied to a rope, chucked it off a rampart, and it clamped onto a giant's face. And the party was all able to zip line down to get into combat. <laughs> so it, it was rather ingenious. So it's like, of course I'm going to allow this. That's wow. dope. So it, it it went way better than I thought it possibly could have. I I got a question for the DMs in the group uh, and watching. I have I was running a campaign and um, I had this kind of you know uh, it wasn't the big bad but it was a boss uh, and long story short they basically one shotted the boss by kicking him off a ledge. Uh, and I'm wondering, like, is that something that I, I, I love the way it turned out. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, and if anything, it opened up my eyes to like, obviously it's not something that'll happen all the time. One shotting bosses, but if they're like really come up with an ingenious plan and the dice are with them, I mean, one shotting a boss is such a oh. cool thing. Has that ever happened for any of you? Or is that something you, yes, so, that one time <laughs> that I DM'd that I said didn't go very well. That's what happened. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. hmm. my my story with that actually loops back to the original question of uh something that happened that uh worked out way better so um early in the campaign around like level three we did like uh this carnival thing so uh like an obstacle course you go through it and then at the end there's goofy prizes and they they won a uh arrow of slaying and if you spell it out, it's like uh, like a like like an actual sleigh that you can ride on. Um, and like, yeah, if you shoot it, it'll turn into a sleigh. It's a gag joke. <laughs> Ten levels later, they're fighting on a mountaintop in the snow, and the wizard, the big big bad wizard, and uh, an ogre mage, they're, they're they're standing together fighting, and they got this big things going on. They're summoning like a comet or something crazy is happening, and. Uh, 
the the paladin who was an archer just pulls out the arrow of slang and just hits it and says jingle bells mother and hits him and uh, it goes right <laughs> over the cliff and it's just I was the end of it. <laughs> 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 that's ingenious <laughs> I forgot he had it it was like that's the uh, best though you like just some item from months and months ago right oh that's so great jeez now jeez, I would say was... if the players don't look over the cliff edge to confirm the kill I don't know if they yet <laughs> I, I, I rolled it and everything he's like now nah, he's, oh, he's done <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I had that fight all mapped out. Like I knew he was going to do on every round, basically. Was, uh, That's one of my favorite moments, though, as a DM, is when you have this plan and your players completely subverted, and it's like, "Ah, uh, crap! Well, we're in improv territory. Here we go." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it makes you a better DM, personally. It's definitely a <laughs> test for sure. I've been there. I've had a. I was like, "All right." I've got this whole like you know encounter planned out. It wasn't a boss battle or anything, but Tomb of Annihilation. I had planned like you know the zombie T Rex and everything, and it was done in like a round and a half. And I'm just like, uh, uh. I'm like, okay, here we got to figure it out from here. Um, it's hard, y'all. It's hard. <laughs> All right. Well, we are just about out of time, so we will go around again and have everyone just remind us of who you are and where we can find you online. And um, then we also will draw a winner for the $25 gift card to Gemmed Firefly. So exclamation point enter if you haven't gotten your entry in yet and you would like to. Um, and so, uh, Wolf's Blood, let's start with you, and we will have you uh, refresh us on where we can find you on the interwebs. Let me refresh you with 2012 Wolf's Blood or Wolf's Blood 2012, depending on where you are looking for me. Keep an eye out for this January coming your way will be the Aether and Steamworks podcast I will be hosting with an incredible table, uh, Luna included with that, and also being incredible and cool. And uh, so, yeah, otherwise, catch me here. I'm one of the moderators in chat for Gibberman Luna and Meme Dumper in the Discord. It's true. <laughs> uh, Wolfie, thanks for coming and hanging out on stream two nights in a row. I'm going to need to go recharge my batteries. I will see you in a week after <laughs> I actually do that. Fair enough. Um, all right, uh, Dan. Oh, gee, I'm unprepared. Okay. So, <laughs> theme of tonight. Uh, no, you can find me over on Twitter at kfitnated underscore Dan, the nonprofit I work for at Creators Assemble or at our website, Creators Assemble, or here on Twitch at uh, well, Creators Assemble. You get the idea. There's a name theme there. Uh, Giving Tuesday is coming up in about a week and a half, and I will be running a game called Reindeer Games, which is basically... Special Forces Reindeer, Evil Penguins, Christmas in July, and Hilarity. And we've got quite the table for that. So check out my Twitter if you want to see who those guests are. And we're going to be using it as an opportunity to raise funds for my nonprofit that I'm part of so we can actually keep the lights on and help fuel initiatives that we're doing to help support creators and holiday heroes and all that other good stuff. 
Awesome. That sounds amazing, and I am definitely going to have to check that out. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on and hanging out tonight as well. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast hanging out with y'all and getting to know some of you. And, of course, I've known Adam for a while now, so it's always a pleasure to get to hang with him. But uh, you can find me over on Twitter. My handle is Boognish underscore Theory. That's B-O-O-G-N-I-S-H. But I'm the Dungeon Maestro for the podcast Bombarded, which you can find on all your podcatchers. Uh, or you can go on to Twitter at BombardedCast. And check out what we got over at BombardedCast.com. That's got, like, transcripts of our shows and some DM notes from one-shots that I've done. Um, but, yeah, jump on in for some musical buffoonery that we get into, and we'll have a good time together. So that's it. That's me. <laughs> that's, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, it was definitely awesome to have you on and get to get to meet you. And I am definitely going to have to check that out, like I said, because it sounds fantastic. Thanks. Uh, Matt. Yeah. Um, I'm Matt. Uh, I was, uh, it was great hanging out with everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, awesome getting to know Adam, Kyle, Wolfie. I hang out with Dan all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we basically become family after that candy corn bit. <laughs> yeah, we were talking like daily. It was like in the DMs. And it's just like, hey, did you get it in yet? Yeah, I'll, I'll do. Uh, it's midnight almost. It's like ah. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, I'm Dungeon Glitch on Twitter mainly. Um, I own Gem Firefly, which I hope. Uh, good luck to anyone trying to trying to win the gift card because I just keep making stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I also just made a new website uh, that is at dungeonglitch.com also at rpgforfree.com it's got two names I don't know why uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's essentially just uh, generators for if you're playing and you need to come up with a name or uh, food or you want to describe the damage of a hit you say you got a critical hit and your DM looks at you and goes oh well how would you like to do this or what does this look like and you can just critical hit slash <laughs> melee hit and then it'll come up so yeah no, i just fun awesome well thank you for coming on tonight it was a blast to have you and um yeah we will give away your your gift card in just a few minutes uh adam hi this was great thank you so much for having me and i'm really happy to have met all of you Kyle, I know, you know, but the rest of you have been, it's been a pleasure. Um, uh, man, y'all are just doing some just crazy awesome things. It's so cool. Good for you. Seriously, keep it up. It's so awesome. Um, uh, me, I guess, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Adam Mata. Um, you can join my Discord, the Bean Can. Like I said, beans are my brand. Uh, there's a link there. Um, I'm going to stick with it because I do like beans. Uh, and, I got some projects coming up that aren't ready yet to announce, but if you you know if you want to pop in that Discord and hang out, there's a lot of really cool creative people in there that are worth checking out, uh, along with everyone on the stream. Thank you so much for having me, and I think the very first shirt I'm going to buy from GemFirefly.com using the code Luna15 to save 15% will be the lazy DM with the man <laughs> on the dice, because honestly, if that ain't my vibe, I don't know what is at all. <laughs> So, <laughs> I need I this guy it. advertising anything. Right? That's what we need. 
I know. Yes. So good. I won't have to run any ads when I put this in podcast <laughs> form. Like, it's already done. So. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, yes. And uh, reminder, guests, if you would like to enter the giveaway, you can enter as well. Um, exclamation point enter. I will draw a winner in just a minute. Um, but... I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We are here every Sunday night, except for next week, because I'm taking the week off for the holiday. Um, So we're here almost every Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, this is this is where we do the epic TTRPG talk show where chat asks the questions um, and also have really fun one shots. Now, that's a that's a new thing that I'm going to start trying to do more often because it's a blast. And uh, and we had a great time last night. If you didn't get to check out uh, the the one shot last night, the VOD is available and it's also going to be posted on YouTube uh, first thing tomorrow morning. So um, that will be uh, available. And that was a system called the Crashlands. It is a space fantasy uh, system that is very rules light, a lot of fun, and you can use the hat generator rolling dice, and that's the best part. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, give that a give that a check if you if you haven't. That should be uh, as soon as as soon as Dungeon Matter Matt gets around to getting that published, it will be available um, of uh, wherever he decides to sell it. But, uh, you know, definitely worth a look. So uh, thank you all so much for coming and hanging out tonight. It has been a blast. I am going to close the entries for the giveaway. And... Oh, who's going to win? Good luck. Could be you. Drum roll, please. I have a drum. Should I roll it? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) maybe don't actually roll the drum, but... (laughs) And the winner is... Patchster, Patch, you won! Ooh. Yay! I will DM Yay. you your uh, your code, and um, and we will make sure that you get the chance to do some very very fun um, shopping and uh, enjoy all the stuff. And we want to see pictures of it. <laughs> we are going to what? Congratulations, Patch! Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Patch! You, I know, Patch, you won again. Shocker! Uh, Patch seems to win every giveaway he shows up for that I am involved in. So <laughs> it's kind of a running gag now. Um, but I am glad that uh, uh, that you will get to use that patch, and uh, we are going to. We're going to go raid a channel that we raid periodically, and by periodically, I mean like every other week. So we're gonna we're gonna calm our night down and we are going to go raid my friends over at turtles and chill and uh finish off the evening by uh hanging out with uh a very low-key turtle tank and you Mm -hmm. can hang out and watch the fish and the turtles and calm your evening down so hope you all have a great time thank you all so much for coming to hang out and we will catch you all in two weeks when we're back again have a great night everybody night Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. 
All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much.